Would you like to know how to make better decisions for your business, your people, or yourself? Do you want to recognize when you make errors of judgment that cause the quality of your decisions to drop, and when you are moving away from, not closer to, your goal? Welcome to Because There's More with Laura Ellis. For the next hour, Laura and her guests will share experiences and insights that will challenge and stretch your thinking, help you recognize your biases, and ultimately guide you towards more predictable and accurate decisions. You'll walk away from this show feeling better informed, more inspired, and a lot more confident about your next big decision. Now, here's your host, Laura Ellis. Hello, I'm Laura Ellis, and this is Because There's More, the show that takes a closer look at decision-making. Thank you for tuning in. My first guest today is Lang Smith, who is a predictive analytics expert. A calculated risk-taker with deep tech industry knowledge, Lang has become an innovator in the auto industry where he spent several years creating an industry-wide shift, like creating the first digital redeem coupon in the auto industry. Standing at the forefront of the technology industry movement, his unique predictive analytics technology has contributed to over 2 million in combined sales from just two dealerships in six months. Throughout his 20-year career in building businesses and consulting for others, Lang has built a reputation as a pioneer of new technologies and an expert business strategist. His analytics algorithms will no doubt pull several industries into a new category over the next few years. Embracing the core values of integrity, innovation, and growth, Lang consistently remains as the expert his peers request advice from when they're looking to make a massive growth change. Lang has been an entrepreneur for over 20 years, and he's spoken in front of thousands of people, helped many others create their own successful businesses with his guidance, and continues his path to revolutionize industries with big data and change the way they do business for the better in the near future. An impressive track record, Lang, and a privilege to have you as a guest on my show. Welcome to Because There's More. Thanks, Laura. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. It's great to have you. I'm very um, interested in, in how people analyze uh, data and specifically in what you have created because I often find as an expert in decision making that we don't pay sufficient attention to, uh, to data or, or even if we, when we have it, we don't always know um, what to, to do with it. That's why what you are doing resonates very much uh, with me. So, why don't you describe for us in more detail the, the service or the solution you have created for the automotive industry? Well, yeah. So, so as you said, it's specific to the auto industry, and it's a predictive analytics platform that allows dealerships to filter down offers and basically target users and build audiences based on what they need, when they need it, even how much they want, you know, even the days that they need it at the most, you know, the best. So it's, it's very, very 
convenient, let's just say, for the customer. You know, it makes the customer feel more like a customer and not just like another sale. And that's really the point of gathering that data and delivering it in such a targeted method. Uh, you said that it is for the dealerships. Uh, any uh, any uh, differentiator of the dealership, or is it uh, uh, an easily used across uh, uh, different sizes, different regions? Yeah, so that's great. So actually, we do it all for them. So any dealership mm-hmm. around the country, that's a franchise dealership usually, is the ones that we target the most, um, you know, that are Mercedes, Toyotas, Chevrolets, any of the franchise dealerships. There are 18,000 of them, and uh, so any of those we can integrate in seamlessly uh, at any point in time. So it's really easy because we do all the work for them. Uh, We actually start out integrating with all of their data and all their customer data to start with, and we start to, you know, use our AI in that system, our artificial intelligence, and it builds algorithms based on those customers. And it creates unique customer profiles for all of their customers at the very, very beginning. And what it does, just in short, is it allows the dealership to create a better relationship with the customer, which is just like any industry. You know, that's really why anybody gathers the data that they have. You know, all industries have huge amounts of data. It just depends on how they want to use it. And in the, in the auto industry, they really need to focus on customer relationships more. And, you know, so somebody doesn't come in for an oil change, and then two weeks later they get another oil change offer, and they're just kind of aggravated, you know. They, they just think the customer service was great, everything was great, and then they find out, oh, well, they didn't really know me like, they thought they, like I thought they did because here's another oil change offer. They didn't even realize I was there. So it's really there to create better customer relationships, you know, and, of course, you know, it's a win-win on both sides for the dealership as well. Um, from the bio that I read, it is obvious mm-hmm. that you've been uh, uh, using uh, uh, your technology savviness to, to help businesses in, in general to succeed. Tell us more. What was the thinking behind creating this product? How did you come to put it together and based on what insights? You know, it, it's actually interesting because I was playing golf with, uh, you know, I, I grew up playing golf, so I love playing. And I was playing with some friends of mine who are general manager, and a few of them are owners of dealerships. And we just started talking about, you know, buying and selling cars. And, you know, believe it or not, you know, most people think that they have a huge profit margin, you know, like back in the day, like 10 years ago, you know, when you would make, you know, dealerships might make, you know, five ten thousand $10,000 off of a car. And people still think it's that way. And it's no longer that way. You know, they may make fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars per sale now. So their their margins are much much smaller, but their budgets for marketing. You know, I was asking them. Some of them spend fifty to a hundred thousand dollars a month. Well, the catch was is that they can't. They can no longer just throw that money out the window and hope that it's going to have a return. Because that was their logic, by the way. It was basically. Yeah, well, if we spend the money, we know that we're going to get the return somewhere down the line, you know, a few months from now or something. And and that just, that really just killed me. I was like, I was thinking to myself, I go, and you guys own a lot of dealerships, and your logic is if you spend the money, you're going to make it back some point in the year? Because you know that's not true. So uh, his response was basically, well, we don't have any other way of tracking it. And their only way of tracking it is if they make at least 10% net profit you know, a a growth every year, then they're doing good. 
And I'm just thinking, wow, that's just a terrible, terrible method. And uh, he was just like, well, you know, we don't have anything else, and that, that's all we got. We spend the money. We don't have any way of tracking it, no return on investments, no nothing. It's just those are the systems we have to work with. So knowing that, that's when I just kind of, you know, gathered a little bit of information, and I saw that there was a gap that needed to be filled there. And I wanted to see if I could fill it, and I gathered as much information as I could, realized that there was a viable market in between there, and so I decided to pull the trigger and did the development, and uh, here we are. So it was just, uh, it really started on the golf course. <laughs> That's excellent. It's very uh, impressive how a uh, whole business can start from a, a simple discussion as that. So what has been, uh, in your experience, the um, the reaction to to your program? Because I, I am assuming it's not um, an easy industry to break. It's based on a lot of tradition and used to do business in a certain ways. What have you found? I found that I was fortunate enough to get some of the some friends of mine that already, you know, knew me to stick it in their dealerships. And that way I knew that if I had a few beta dealerships testing it, one thing that's consistent in this market is that these general managers and these owners always talk to each other about what's working, what's not working. So I knew it would be an easy, you know, referral basis if I could just see, you know, that it worked for real. So I stuck it in their dealerships, and it did fantastic. And I think one of the best things that they liked about it is that there was no training required for them. There's no equipment that they have to buy. You know, we do all the work for them. So they literally just, you know, we put together offers, but uh, and we ask for their approval, and that's pretty much it. You know, um, we do all of the rest. They don't touch anything, and all they do is watch money come in. It's literally that simple. So I think the concept of that was so new because they were so used to, you know, having these massive systems that they got to train people on, and it's frustrating to them because they have a high turnover of employees, roughly about every 60 to 90 days. So it's constantly training people, and they just that just doesn't appeal to them because they're only using a fourth of what most software can do, even in their dealerships today. So I think one of the main things that appealed to them before they got confidence in it and then they actually made the money was the fact that they didn't have to do anything. They didn't have to train anybody, do anything. All they had to do was work with me, and then that was it. And I do all the rest, and my team does. So and we're good. And uh, so I think that was shocking, and then it was even more shocking to them when they were making a lot of money in the first 30 to 60 days. It just They just really couldn't believe it. So we knew we had something at that point. And just kind of been climbing from there and enhancing and uh, tweaking. Um, can you give me like some very specific examples of how uh, uh, exactly work for them and what was the um, work that you guys did? I mean, I know that you said you put packages together, but um, just to take me through some of the examples, what kind of data did you get back? Uh, how did you approach it? And Sure, sure. So to understand a little bit about our software, Whenever we integrate with a dealership, it automatically, the best way to think about it is like Facebook. Facebook has a unique profile for every user that signed into it, right? Well, our, our software does the same thing. It automatically creates a unique profile for every customer that they have, and anything that, any action that that customer takes is automatically recorded in that profile. So, for example, if we put together, if the, if the dealer says, well, you know what, we're running low on our service, and we haven't done that many oil changes this month. I want to put out an oil change offer. So 
instead of just putting out a standard offer and filtering it down to, let's say, 10,000 customers that they're guessing and maybe, you know, at the end of the day, by the time they send out that offer, out of those 10,000, maybe 1,000 of them even see it, you know, and then after that, maybe only, you know, a small, like maybe 5% even actually convert. So the numbers are really, really bad because they're guessing at their audience. So what we did that was different is instead of guessing, then they say, well, we want to build an oil change offer. Okay, great. And then so our system allows them to filter it down. So when we build an audience, we can say, well, we want to know who hasn't changed their oil in the last six months. And that number might go from the total number of customers that they have in their you know, database. Let's say that's 20,000 for even number of purposes. It may go down to 10,000. And then we might filter it down and say, hey, we want to know who's due in the next 30 days. And that 10,000 customers might go down to, let's say, seven. And then they might say, well, I want to know how many people spend between $29 and $79 when they come in here. And then that'll filter it down even more, I don't know, let's just say 5,000. And then it might say, I want to know how many people come in on a Thursday the most. And that might bring it down to like 4,000 people, right? Well, it doesn't seem like much, but all 4,000 of those customers want what you're selling now. There's no guess. So it's really nice because what the offer is now tailored to say is, hey, oil change normally, retail price is normally $79.99. Come in this Thursday and it's 50% off. So when a user gets that, then they're looking at it going, well, wow, we're, I was going to go in anyway. I might as well go in a couple of weeks early. It's my day off, you know, and I get 50% off. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. It's, so it's kind of like reading their mind. And our delivery is through text messaging mainly. So 90% of our messages are read in the first few minutes, worst case the first day. So out of 4,000 of them, 90% are going to actually see the marketing of it. And, you know, Marketing 101, you know, your, your ad has to be seen in order to be purchased. So the seen rate is actually very important. You know, it's discounted a lot. And for most businesses, they don't really even think about the seen rate. They just, everything else looks good. And if they get a rate of return, it's great. But they never thought that they would, could get a higher rate of return if they, you know, focused on getting their, you know, ad seen more. So that's what we've done, and so it's very, very tailored to building audiences based on whether they're selling a new car, if the car, you know, they can build an audience that says, you know, hey, well, we're looking, we can't sell this truck on our lot, so we're trying to look for individuals that want this truck. It's black with no leather interior, but it has a sunroof and a navigation system, and it will literally build that audience out of their customers of people who are interested in that type of vehicle. That doesn't mean every one of them is going to buy it, but that means that those people have shown that they are physically interested in that vehicle. So your chances of selling it are much higher as opposed to just guessing. It makes complete sense. And, and it's, um, it's interesting, right? That's why I love uh, having guests on the show. And um, there's so much one can learn. So what you're describing in many ways, it's so, um, it's almost like common sense that of course you would get more if you know exactly who needs it and to offer it to them. Yet so many of us in business, and I was just thinking of uh, how I uh, target uh, potential clients, so many of us in business go blind as if, you know, I mean, we throw a wide net. So we do exactly the opposite. We do 
the opposite of what we should be doing. We, we throw a very wide net, hoping that something is going to get caught or, or uh, in the, um, in the um, approach. Whereas, in fact, what you're saying is that your program does exactly the opposite. You, you filter it down, you understand the specifics of the audience very um, closely, and then you actually build the offering around uh, the client. I mean, it's genius because in, in its own uh, simplicity, of course. But what I'm curious, did you receive feedback from your clients, how their clients uh, react to it? Uh, I'm just curious if any of them noticed that uh, or felt, as you said earlier, uh, more um, closer or uh, more thought of as clients. Yeah, uh, actually, and that's a great question because like any any new change in any kind of technology, like any change in routine, whether it's from a business base, from a customer base, it has to be adopted a little bit. So our platform is mainly through text messages. So when dealerships first started sending their customers text messages, a lot of them were okay with it. But then, of course, we want them to have the ability to opt out. And the greatest part of this is, and, and most people are like, well, man, if people are opt, if customers are opting out, I don't want them to opt out of my email, or I don't want them to opt out of my, you know, messages, or else I'm never going to sell them anything. And that's actually counterintuitive, because if they're opting out, they were never going to buy anything from you to begin with. So it's great to get rid of those people. So it actually, it worked to their advantage, because as soon as we sent out a few campaigns to SMS to thousands of people, there were a handful of opt-outs. There weren't a crazy amount. You know, it was probably just a small 2 3% maybe. But those 2 or 3% were never going to buy from them anyway. And that means now we're focusing on people who can and will buy from them again. And that's very, very important. A lot of, a lot of businesses want whatever customers they can get, but they don't ever think about filtering out the customers that are never going to buy from them again. They may have bought from them once, but they don't care about them anymore. So when they're filtering it out and they're taking an action to not receive anything from you, most people take that personally. I look at it as a great blessing because that, now that's less of a headache. There's less of anybody you have to deal with, and you can focus all your efforts on servicing the people who actually want to do business with you, which is a huge plus. And I think it's a very, very important point that you made. And again, I was thinking of my personal experience when a couple of uh, uh, people I didn't know, but uh, could have been potential clients, uh, asked me not to send uh, any more marketing material. And you're absolutely right. My reaction was exactly how you described it. I took it personally. And in conversations with um, uh, friends or business advisors, um, everyone was of the same opinion that why bother and respond that you're not interested? And it, it's amazing because in talking to you, my mindset changed completely and thought, well, maybe, not maybe, but, but it is clear that the more uh, responses you receive that tell you I'm not interested, the more focused you can be on the audience that you're targeting. Very interesting, yeah. indeed. So let me ask you, um, this is something new, and um, obviously there will be some early adopters who, who jump on the opportunity to get more business because they understand the, the reasoning behind your product. What 
are the characteristics of those businesses? Like, where did you find the greatest openness to use uh, uh, your product? Well, you know, even though we are limited, because we usually have to deal with, it's a hard market in a way to break into, you know, because we have to deal with the general managers or the owners, you know, the, the guys that write checks are the only ones that, that we need to be speaking to. So how we broke into it, this market today is way different. Okay, dealerships are used to routine. So they have to survive. They have to adapt. So they have to change in order to adapt. If they're not willing to change, their dealerships are going to eventually die. And they've been doing the same thing since the beginning of time. They've been, you know, sell, sell, sell. How many cars can we sell today? How many customers can we get a hold of today? It was never long-term customer relationships. You know, the data about cars was never as transparent back then as it is now. So modern technology is changing the way not just dealerships do business, but all industries do business. The only thing about the auto industry is that they refuse to change as long as possible because, you know, what they've done has made them a lot of money. So they're scared of the change in a sense. But the thing about it is, is that technology forces them to change. So if they don't change, they go out of business. So knowing that and presenting that to them, they realize, you know, I look for the dealerships that are looking for that change. Not all of them. You know, there are a lot of franchise dealerships. Not all of them believe in that change yet. They don't believe it's quite there, and that's okay. But a lot of the dealerships do believe that it is there. And that change they know is on the horizon. They know everything's so transparent. They've got to find a better way to increase their profit margins, and they're willing to try anything. And that's really kind of my gap and my opening into it is I find those dealerships that are open-minded and they're ready to move forward to, you know, to the future, to the next century, you know, to the visions before, not just the latest hype today, but what is it going to be tomorrow to secure their dealerships, you know, future. And those are the ones that I look for. And it makes uh, a lot of sense. And as I said, very interesting to me because it resets my mind around certain things uh, I do in marketing and I'm sure will be relevant to many uh, people because your advice is very sound. What is, in your opinion, preventing others for, uh, for jumping in sooner? Uh, you know, fear of change. Um, the dealership, the auto industry is very, very unique because when you talk to those guys, they're straight sales guys, you know, so the tactics, you just really have to be straight about sales. And in sales, you've always been taught that you want some kind of guarantee, some kind of proof, some kind of ability like that it's 100% foolproof that you can't lose your money and you're not going to lose customers and you're definitely going to make more sales. And, you know, there's no guarantee in, in life. There's no guarantee in business. There's no guarantee in any of that, right? But that's their mentality. So you have to get to the dealerships that are the most open-minded.